You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Uh, return guest I just looked back we did the last podcast we did was episode 206 which was August of 2020 when I would say the world was still well it was still chaos at that point it just started to be chaos we thought we thought it'd be over by this point but it's not (laughs) but my guest today Jake Keys um, Skydance Brewing uh, we talked about the dream that was you opening up I think you had a location at this point and it was Mm. in building and we spoke about you know when that was coming and the excitement of having you know the first Native American brewery in downtown Oklahoma City and, and just all of these cool things going on um not just for the brewery, but for yourself as well. You and Bobby were going to get married there. And I just, it was awesome. Um, we did it at the Brewers Union, mm-hmm. which, you know, has helped a lot of breweries launch, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it serves, it serves a great purpose there. But we are a year and a half later. You have an awesome space, which is, yep. you know, we're recording right across the street in the branch. Thank you to the branch for hosting us um, to do a podcast. But... I mean, mate, how's it been since I mean, it's been a year and a half. I haven't seen you since. What's, what's, I mean, what's it it's like crazy. running a business? When, earlier when you said it's been a year and a half, first off, my first thought was that I can't believe it's been that long because yeah. it seemed like yesterday, but then so much stuff has happened in between then that it, it seems like forever ago in that aspect. What's going to be embarrassing is when people, if somebody goes back and listens to that yeah. episode, I think maybe I said something about, I think we'll be open by a certain uh-huh. time or whatever. And it obviously didn't even come close yeah. to that. I think we probably missed it by eight months or more, you know? So, uh, yeah, things, you know, you learn things from your first time of doing something. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you weren't the only ones who struggled with construction being pushed back yeah. and the increased cost of construction yeah. and all the other stuff that was going on yeah. last year. And tw- I mean, it mm-hmm. was, you know, 2020 and last year and all, I mean, it's yep. Bill, I, I I, people who built buildings last year and mm-hmm. in 2020, like they can build it. They've yeah. done it now. And they, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you could, it's nothing for you to go and do another yep. one. Right. Cause you've been through probably the worst kind of mm-hmm. way of doing it with, you know, workforces, COVID, all that nonsense going yeah. on and, you know, costs and, you know, contractors saying, well, this month it costs this much, but next month it could be this. Mm-hmm. I don't know yet. Like, yeah. how do you, you know, I mean, I think like for what's, what I always felt like during that time was yeah. the people who actually um, put the fear to the side and actually did something during mm-hmm. that time um, to where they would be open at this point. Uh-huh. They, you know, that's a, there's a lot of benefit to that. Um, whereas a lot of people, I think, kind of went into hiding yeah. business-wise for a while. And then maybe right now they're trying to get something started. Well, it's like now's the time I think to get open definitely you know um, especially like this past summer obviously before before the past month or two or this you know new variant has kind of scared people a little bit more but like man I know the we were rushing to get open before we opened in October but we were trying to get open before that because 
that uh, that summer, I mean, mm-hmm. businesses, restaurants, everybody was having like record numbers, like not yeah. just record since the pandemic, record like all time because mm-hmm. people were so ready to get out. And so uh, I would have liked to have actually even been done even sooner yeah. and caught some of that. Unfortunately, we didn't get open until October, which is the beginning of when things start to slow down going into the fall and and winter. And then obviously right now it's January. We're in the midst of like the slowest (laughs) month. January is the worst month to own an alcohol business. Yeah. Even when I ran casinos, it was the slowest, you know, so. God, everyone on their New Year's resolutions. Gosh. All those people. It'll only last 30 (laughs) days. Don't worry. So what, what exactly are you doing with the it's not dry January. No, so, so I I do this every year. It's it's a it's a it, the thing is it's a pro. It's called seven seventy five hard, and I've done okay, it. Yeah. I've done it like three or four times. Yep. But the thing is it. It's 75 days. It's just a portion yep. of it, which I've got through the 75 days, but there's an entire year's yeah. program to do. And I've, in the last two years, I've started it in January and done mm-hmm. it. Um, and it gets me through, you know, what, middle of yeah. March time. But I only do it when I've got something to train for. So I have a race in March that I'm okay. kind of training for. So it just kind of like, so I can really focus on that yeah. rather than just like not, you know, because it's easy to, I think it's fairly easy now to just like, you know, eat healthy one or two meals a day and then you know yeah. for dinner or you might have a cookie you might have ice cream or whatever it is like but for 75 days there's no cheat meals yep. so the alcohol part actually i don't struggle with because i've never really mm-hmm. been a big drinker yeah. but you know it, it's i snack so much yep. i <laughs> love snacking i yep. love you know sour patch kids yep. and cookies and just like you know i have a cup of coffee in the morning and i want to dunk two cookies in it mm-hmm. like i just so that's the tough part for me, but it gets me back into routine, which yeah. is most important. Yeah, um, and I yeah I'm pretty familiar with that. The, that. My relationship with 75 Hard is that I downloaded the app, <laughs> joined the Facebook group. Yeah. And you read the book? I got that far. I didn't too. read the book. The book's good. Yeah. But I, I, you know, that might have been a year and a half ago, too, that I was going to do right. that. Yeah. <laughs> Never did. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, and I tell people this, like, there's people who have completed it that actually work full time mm-hmm. and build businesses full time. Like, yeah. I mean, I work, but this is work for me, yeah. you know, like, and I have, I do real estate. So yeah. my schedule is not, I don't have to take kids to school in the morning. Mm-hmm. I don't have to, you know, do all this other stuff. I run my own schedule, yep. thankfully, and I'm in a position to do that. So I think mine is probably a lot easier than most. Um, but yeah, I've done it, like I said, a couple of times now and I feel great after it. The yeah. bad thing though is like, I do it, I feel amazing, I'm in the best shape of my life and then I relapse and get fat and then I gotta do it again. Yeah. And then I so fourth time's a charm. Hopefully I can yeah. figure it out this year. That's actually uh, probably my next evolution in business actually is like, I'm a big believer that your physical body, your health, mm-hmm. um, being fit, is a plays a big role in yeah. your ability to be a good business person. Mm-hmm. Um, and to succeed in business and that's probably somewhere i wish i was i'd been further along on at this point in time and and now when i see business people that i know ceos entrepreneurs who also stay in great shape like i give it up to them yeah because i i mean i knew what this would sort of be like um i ran casinos i've been in those type of positions before but when you own your own business and you kind of have to do every aspect of that business, it's even harder. And I'm, I find myself with that stupid excuse. It's not an excuse, which is I don't have time. Don't have time. And, um, lately though, the past couple of weeks I've started pinpointing little moments in the morning Mm -hmm. where I'm like, 
wait a minute, you said you don't have time and you're sitting here watching a YouTube video about yeah. brewing beer when you could be watching that on an elliptical on or whatever, whatever yeah. you know, yeah. you're listening to a podcast while you're working out, mm-hmm. which is what I used to do last this past before we opened the mm-hmm. over the summer. I think I went four months and didn't miss a single day in the gym. My yeah. goal was Monday through Friday being yeah. the gym. And I went like four months without missing a day and I felt great. And since we opened, I haven't been one day. Right since we open I need to put an elliptical in your office or something 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 yeah. like that I don't have Just, an office <laughs> oh, there we go there. yeah there we go then. We, my yeah. office is the brewery, is the brewery I mean, yeah. Yeah, we, we didn't put in any office space in another big mistake I yeah. think but breweries and gyms don't really go together do yeah. They? So yeah. yeah someone's gonna walk into your brewery for the first time why is there an elliptical in the yeah, corner look at that guy back there on the yeah. elliptical then they're gonna be motivated to go to the gym and they're gonna quit drinking beer put <laughs> they you quit coming business. into the brewery yeah that'd be skydance gym yeah. uh, skydance fitness instead of skydance brewery yeah uh but i mean back to you know like i said looking at ceos and and, and you know the reason we, we first met was when i was on your podcast uh-huh. brewed with hustle um mm-hmm. You know, which which you did in many episodes, and and it's one thing that we mutually love doing is sitting down with entrepreneurs, yeah. talking about their business, mm-hmm. figuring out what makes them tick, talking about what books they're reading, and just mm-hmm. you know, we could sit down with each other for an hour, and and our stories may be similar, and mm-hmm. and we might be entrepreneurs, but there might be a five minute conversation in there that you're like, oh, I don't do that, yeah, I'm gonna try and do that, yeah. you know, and this, yeah. and that's what people I think don't understand is one, you know people like like us we're always listening to others right yeah. like why do you always listen to entrepreneur podcasts I'm like because yeah. i'm gonna learn something yeah. you know yeah so. the stories listening to other people's stories it's motivational mm-hmm. a little bit for me you know like the podcast like when i did when i started my podcast a lot of that was it was it was honestly like trying to trying to figure out what all these other people are doing that I really admired mm-hmm. that I wasn't doing like what am I missing like what's the key ingredient yeah. or whatever and so um, I used to come in to uh, Iote when he was in a different whole different location the warehouse yeah and um, so he always he, he, that's how he kind of became like a mentor to me and and he still is and he's always helping me with little things like mainly the the mental side of things yeah. or the spiritual side of things and like one thing I remember was going in there and having these conversations with him and how much it really uh, helped me with getting Skydance together. And so it made me want to uh, have more of those conversations, but also share them with people. And so that's right. why we started the podcast. But every time I have a conversation with some entrepreneur, I catch myself like, I think they're like, man, when's this guy going to let me go? Because I can't stop asking them questions and talking. Yeah. I'm just addicted to trying to learn something from somebody else mm-hmm. that might help. You know, so. one, one thing that I think both of us have learned over time and listening to these people is the people who are really successful, they don't stop learning. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. they're always reading books or they're always listening to, you know, yep. audio books. Like there's mm-hmm. always something continually learning, which yeah. is something I think when we grow up that we're not really, you know, once, once we finish high school or we finish university, we're like, oh, that's it. I'm never yep. going to pick a book again. Yeah. You know, and you're like, well, why? Yeah. Oh, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you do. And do you want to, yeah. you know, and it's that whole dynamic of, you know, do you want a better life? You know, and we could go down yeah. the rabbit hole and all that kind of stuff and motivation. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's something that as long as you don't get in a rut and you don't just like get 
I mean, what, you know, there's plenty of people that we know is like they all talk and all they do is mm -hmm. listen to motivational stuff and they repost Gary V videos and all that stuff. Yeah. And you're like, you're still doing the same thing you were three years ago. Yeah. You know, we just want to shake that person. Yeah. So Tim Ferriss, I don't know if you know who Tim Ferriss mm -hmm. is, but he, he's written a couple books that are both similar. And the one most recent one that I've been looking at is called Tools of Titans, I think. And it's like, basically what he did is he took all these people he admired in business mm -hmm. or sport, whatever, like just all of the spectrums. And... He sent them all a bunch of questions uh -huh. and just asked them if they would respond. And they're little things like, what's the best book you've read, you've read lately? Or, you know, a lot of different things. And it was basically him fishing for info from these people. And so as I've read through those things, there's a lot of like little things where I've kind of taken bullet points of like, okay, here's what the most successful people uh -huh. in the world all have in common so they'll all have different things they all do differently but yeah. there seem to be a few things that they all had in common uh fitness was one which is mm -hmm. why i brought that up earlier that I, that's something i want to get better at but also reading like um a lot of them uh meditate mm -hmm. they get up in the morning they read they spend they try to get up early and they spend that early morning time doing things that are like uh, just kind of good for their mental health, but also creativity. That's when you're the most creative is in the morning. Um, but definitely they, they all read and they all journal, which yeah. was another thing I didn't, I didn't realize, but they all journal. So I start, I've started journaling for like the past year. And, um, but, and so reading these books, like, oh my gosh, man, they, they've led me to beer name ideas. They've yeah. led me to like helping me feel more creative. Like I might not have gotten an exact beer idea from the, from what I read, but it just helped. I could feel my creative juices moving a little bit. Yeah. And the next thing I know, I'm over on my computer, like building a recipe and, you know, knocking stuff out. And so, uh, yeah, definitely, man. And then, and the older you get, the more, the quicker your brain will will actually start. The brain cells start to die if you don't read, you don't learn, you don't stay creative, you don't keep it active. You know, mm -hmm. when you're young, your brain's just developing. But we're at the stage now where you got you use it or lose it. Right. So yeah. So to that point, what are you reading at the moment? Oh, so or listening to. I've, I've unfortunately found myself in a mode where I'm on like three different books. So uh -huh. one of them is that the Tim Ferriss book. Which the Tim Ferriss one, the Titans, is more of like a, the, the when you open it up, there's a. It's not. He's a Correct. great book because it, yep. you can come to it, you can go back to it, whatever. Yep. Like it's not like you have to read a chapter and the chapter's thirty pages long. Is Correct. it? It's just little. It's a fantastic book. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that's what I like about it is. I can kind of skim through it yeah. and find the name of somebody that I already know who they mm -hmm. are and like that they're, that, um, you know, maybe they've been in the news yeah. lately or whatever. And so, uh, I can find that usually if they're a successful person, they're probably in the book. And mm -hmm. so, um, I can kind of skip around and read different, yeah. each chapter basically is that person's answers to a handful of the questions that he sent over to them. Yeah. And so, um, that one, um, I mean, I've actually started trying at some point to uh, start reading a lot of like more technical stuff on brewing, you know, mm -hmm. so um, there's a few of those books. And then um, I think I've kind of really gotten it, like I said, a bad habit of starting some books and not finishing them, you know, yeah. so a lot of just entrepreneurial mm -hmm. stuff, you know, um, I'm, I'm also addicted to like, uh, uh, like self-help. Yeah. stuff you know so just trying to it could be fitness or it could be 
you know, trying to uh, become better at mo- like uh, meditating, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, which is really hard for like I, I'm kind of I'm reading a book right now called Supernatural by Jordan Peterson, and oh, yeah, like it's I'm reading th- he's given kind of homework in it, and you're supposed to do mm-hmm. meditations as you go, but I'm reading the whole thing through, and then I bookmarked all the meditations, yep. and it's some mad, mad like you're reading and you think if I read this out loud to somebody, they're going to put me in a mental hospital yeah. because it's some of the stuff you're like, we, no one's ever taught me this. It's science. It's mm-hmm. like, and then sound waves and electronic way. I mean, yeah. all the electromagnetic fields and all of that stuff that's going on. And I'm just terrible at science, but I'm reading it and I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't tell this to anyone unless they've read yeah. the book because they're going to think I'm, lo- I'm a lunatic. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. That's with a lot of the stuff I read. So, um, I'm, I'm really the past year started studying stoicism yeah a lot and so ryan uh, holiday yeah ryan right? holiday like uh, the obstacles the way mm-hmm. stuff like that that's a do you still have that coin yeah, i do carry the coin yeah, yeah i yeah. remember that yeah um and you know and it's like wow I'm, you brought that up what's funny is uh I kind of got to where I forget that I carry it every yeah. day and it fell out of my pocket the other day and it fell down the drain in the brewery oh, and I had to no. uh, fish it out and I got it. I yeah. got it out. But, um, so I have to be careful now. Like when I, when, yeah. when I carry it, like try not to carry it in the brewery. So I don't have it on me now because I just got through canning and I didn't yeah. want to lose it. So, um, but that's kind of stuff people don't understand. And so if you try to talk mm-hmm. to somebody about it, like people don't understand stoicism, mm-hmm. they think it's a religion. And it's not. It's yeah. more like an operating system for your for your the way you behave yeah. and act and and uh, and so yeah. That's uh, you 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 and I probably read a lot of the same books, and I know so I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the brewery then um, to give people some context. So again, go back and, and I'll link the previous podcast that we did uh, to give obviously the whole origin story and the reason that you mm-hmm. started the podcast, but. To give some context, the reason, obviously, you know, you, you keep going back to that beer that you had with your dad, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, one day we're going to do this at my, at my own brewery, right? Yeah. And, and you have one now. Tell me about that opening day. What was that like? Oh, man. That whole period of time for probably, especially for a week, but particularly that whole month leading up to it and maybe the that week of, like, after we opened it's some of the most hectic time of my life, you know? And so one of the things that made it tough was like, you know, we obviously, we thought we'd be, would have been open in March. We didn't open until October. And then every month after March, it was like, okay, next month, next month, next month. It just keeps getting put back. And so like back in the middle of the summer, I bought uh, baseball tickets to a Braves game in Atlanta because my son, me and my son are both big Braves fans and they were, making a run and getting into the playoffs. And so I picked the last home stand of the year, uh, thinking, oh, we'll surely be open way before that. Turns out that was the week we opened. <laughs> and so while we're scrambling, putting furniture together, getting yeah. employees hired, brewing beer, getting things, dealing with the city and the ABLE Commission and all this stuff, I get up and leave for two days with my son and go to Atlanta. And I'm glad I did oh, because yeah. it was like he <laughs> he told me. So we went before the game even happened. So the day before, if you haven't been to Atlanta, like 
the whole area around the stadium is like a city. Like, it's like another town. There's all these restaurants and stuff. And he was just, he's tough. Now he wants to live there. There's some obviously really expensive apartments like right on the state. So he wants to live there now. And, uh, and so he's the night before we went that, went out to eat and we're walking through that whole area and he just turns and looks at me and he says, this is the best time of my life, dad. This is the best trip ever. You know? And I was like, man, so it's worth it, you know, to, to take him because I knew, that once we opened that those moments, the time that right. I'd be able to spend with him was going to be a little more limited, you know, which it has been, which is something I kind of regret. Yeah. But, um, and so, yeah, it was crazy. And dealing with the ABLE commission and, and all that stuff, like we literally got our license the, our, the day that we had our soft opening. Yeah. And we, we were running around like crazy to get it. It was just a whole huge, it was literally one of those things. It was so hectic to where it was like, I'm on the phone. We got it. Okay. <laughs> start go. Let's go. Get, let people in, you know? So it was, it was just nuts, you know? And then a lot of people ask me, what was it like? And what was, you know, did you have like a moment or whatever after you open where yeah. it was just, and I feel bad that I haven't, I just haven't had that. I haven't had that moment like, wow, I yeah. did it, you know, or like everybody thought because of the story with my dad and stuff that there'd be like this time, you know, yeah. and I even like in my head for a couple of years, I envisioned like what it was going to be like. And I envisioned myself maybe being super emotional and, yeah. you know, in tears, having that first beer or whatever, you know, but things get so busy and so hectic have time to think yeah that you don't have time to step back and see the big picture yeah. you're just in it still and i can remember the day before we opened and we planned it all out with Valona. Like we're planning out all this stuff of like, here's what the day's going to be like food trucks and music. And we're going to have this and have that. And then I remember looking at my team and being like, Oh man. And then there's the next day. Yeah. And then the next day. And then what are we going to do the following weekend? Right. Like yeah. we haven't planned any of that stuff out. And if you want food trucks, you we should have plan planned that, that a month ago, yeah. you know? And so that just led to just uh, these layers of right. like constant chaos of that we're still in today trying to get things planned out. If you ask Valona, like trying to get us having things planned out in advance is not happening. <laughs> it just doesn't. We're not to that point yet. Shout out V Marketing, who's in yeah. the room, uh, <laughs> who, who works night and day. Let's just say that. It yeah. doesn't stop. Which um, when, we, when we brought her on board, I was like, I thought we were going to be organized <laughs> here. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Oh, she's so mad. She doesn't have a microphone right now. Uh, but you're, no, you're right. Like it, it's when you open and it's hectic and you've got all this stuff going on and you don't have a moment to think, but yeah. you know, it, like I said, it, and the good thing, um, you know, you have the parlor across the street that yeah. people can grab food yeah. and literally walk less than a hundred yards yeah. straight over, bring their food in. Yeah. Like you guys are in such a great location Yeah, uh, and this location is only going to improve. And mm-hmm. that's the good thing about getting into a spot that's kind of like in the up and coming, yeah. Yeah. you know, you guys are in early and, and you know, you, the, you I think the apartment location, building right there with everything, like it's, it's awesome. Yeah. The location's been what we'd hoped it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously we're hoping to have a restaurant move in next door. that will kind of, uh, really round things out and give us that yeah. food option. Um, I'm predicting by being able to have food right there that somebody could order yeah. and have brought over to them, sure. I'm predicting you know 20 to 30 percent increase in beer mm-hmm. sales just from that. So that would be a huge Massive, uh, yeah. benefit for us. Um, you don't and- open a restaurant. <laughs> 
You know, I've managed restaurants and they're, and it's tough. If I could go back in time, I, we would have. So like at the time when we first, back when you and me first did an interview and we were dealing with trying to close out our loan on the place and all this stuff, like at that point in time, um, I th- we were going to get a loan through the SBA and we kind of had this idea of what we were approved for and taking on the space next door and then doing the construction that would need to be done to add mm-hmm. a kitchen or all, you know, all that stuff over there was more than what we were approved for in gotcha. our loan. Right. And so we just signed the lease on the one building. Well, then the pandemic hits, all this stuff, everything kind of gets you know, shuffled around yeah. and we ended up not getting an SBA loan. We ended up getting a loan through the Bureau of Indian Affairs, uh, which because we're native owned, we were able to do. And um, so when that happened, the, the BIA loan is 90% guaranteed. And yeah. at the time, the SBA loan, I think was 50% guaranteed. That's a lot of so cash for going. the bank. Yeah, yeah. 90% guaranteed. They like yeah. that. They're like, oh, okay, how much yeah. money do you need? And so, had I known we would have gotten the BIA loan, then we would have done it. We would have taken on a little more debt and built the kitchen. Yeah. Um, but um, so yeah, that's what I, I wish we had done that. And but you know, this isn't going to be our last location. Of like course. We'll, there'll yeah. be other locations. So we we've, we've we'll have an opportunity to take everything we've learned from this and the shoulda coulda wouldas and mm-hmm. and put them to use later in another spot. So yeah. yeah. But the parlor across the street, you know, people come. Yeah. People come in and they order food from the parlor or other restaurants, and they just have it delivered in. People can do that, you know, or they'll just go get it and bring it over. So yeah, yeah. the best part about it. Yeah. Let's talk about um, one thing. I'm not like when you grow up back home or just in general, people grow up and they they go to football games and they drink Miller Lite, Coors Light, whatever it is, right? Mm If you grew up in Oklahoma City, you know, the last five years, let's say, craft brewing has mm-hmm. really become part of the Oklahoma City's DNA. Yeah. There's still a lot of people who have no idea what that is, mm-hmm. right? And, and you know, I kind of refer to it as like the first time you walk into a gym and you're out, you know, you think I'm out of shape. Everyone's looking at me. Yeah. Like, what am I doing with these machines? That's kind of the feeling I'm sure that, that I had when I first walked into a brewery. I'm mm-hmm. looking at the chalkboard. I'm like, there's, a, yeah. there's 30 beers up there. And I have no idea what any of these are. Yeah. Um, tell me about kind of like, you know, you and your team and how mm-hmm. you kind of, uh, I guess, attack that stigma yeah. of, you know, because the last thing you want to do is be like the wine community that yep. everyone says that, oh, if you're into wine, you're a snob, right? Yeah. Which yeah. it's not, it's the total opposite with people who are in the beer community. And let's be honest, mm-hmm. there's very few people in the wine community that are like that anyway. That's just what they were yeah. tarnished with. Yeah. So what has it been like, you know, opening yeah. up and telling your team, hey, it's, whoever comes in here, even if they don't act like they don't know anything, yeah. right? It's interesting you bring up wine because because what led me to the way we handle that is wine. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I when I started running casinos, you know that was my first like time in my life to do something that made me ha- feel like I could be a CEO. You know, and I started being around different types of people uh, that did more things, that did bigger things. I grew up in a way of like you know, go get a job at the gas station, you know, and retire there. Maybe yeah. you know that's the way I grew up, and so it's like. Then I start running casinos, and we start going to these uh, conferences all the time. We go to Vegas three or four times a year, and, and different places, Atlantic City, and these vendors that we buy slot machines from and stuff would take us out to dinner, and you know, and and you know, wine and dine us. 
And so I can remember going with these, all these CEOs and tribal leaders and all this stuff. And we're going to these places that like some really expensive steakhouse or whatever and getting wine. And they'd want us to, you know, the, the, whoever's taking us out would be like, well, what kind of wine do you guys like? Yeah. And I, I drank wine, but I was never like an expert on wine. Right. You know, take a $10 bottle off the stuff, the shelf. Yeah. It doesn't matter to yeah. me. Like it's and the so same. I'm sitting yeah. here trying to choose. And so my, I was really uncomfortable yeah. doing it. And my only thing I knew to do was maybe look at the price and kind of pick something in the middle. Yeah. Right. You right. Know? And, and, or if I saw something that was named after like somebody famous or whatever, I knew that was probably crap. And so <laughs> like I needed something that was named after some region or something, you know, something right. sounded fancy or whatever. Yeah. And so that's, that's, that's all I knew to do. And it was just really uncomfortable. Yeah. And then they would come over and they would open a bottle and they would pour just a tad bit in my glass and hand it to me. And I was like, well, what the hell? That's it. That's all I get. I didn't know they were Swill wanting me to try it, yeah. you know, to see if it's okay. Yeah. And then, so I would just like guzzle it down and put it down. I thought they were just going to keep pouring a little bit at a right. time in there, you know? And they're like, oh, was it, was it good? I was like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Whatever. You know, it tastes like the <laughs> bottle I bought at Walmart. The tastes other day, like wine yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, so when we, when we started talking about how we're going to operate the tap room, I thought about that a lot and yeah. I, I knew like, that that alone, that experience alone, had I been somewhere like that by myself, okay. would have stopped me from ordering wine. Um, and it would probably would stop me from going in there if it wasn't like something that was planned by somebody else. And I definitely wouldn't take a date in there. You know, right. I wouldn't take Bobby in there and make myself yeah. look stupid by not know, <laughs> knowing how to order wine. And so um, I didn't want people to have that experience yeah. in our tap room. And so we, we really work with our staff. One of, the, one of the things we try to talk, talk to them about is, you know, obviously the 10-second rule. As soon as somebody comes in, they, you need to be saying hi to them. But we always try to find out right off the bat, have you ever been in here before? Yeah. And even if they come in and seem like an expert or whatever, the first thing we do is we tell, we, if we have a chance, right? Sometimes it's super busy right. and you don't have as much one-on-one -on -one with people, but we try to go over the menu. Like, okay, well here, you know, we're known for IPAs. Fancy Dance is our number one mm -hmm. beer. It's a hazy IPA. We try to explain to them what it tastes like, you know? Yeah. Um, and then we'll say something. It's all in the wording too. It's like, we'll say something like, well, Res Dog is our uh, light, lightest beer. It's kind of our intro into craft beer, but I actually drink it all the time. So right. now it's like, maybe they want, they want to get the intro into craft yeah. beer, but they don't want to say that, that they're a right. newbie. But now I've said I drink it. Yeah. So maybe they'll get it too. You know, and so just that kind of get to know the customer and communicate with them. Yeah. And I think it's just like people, if you let somebody walk in and they look at the menu and they, and it's silence and nobody's talking to them, nobody's asking them questions right. or helping them. It gets very awkward, very fast. You know, and that's, I don't want anybody to have a single minute of a negative experience. Even if the day ends up great, yeah. that first little minute of a bad experience, I don't want that taste in their mouth ever when they right. come into our place. So, well, when you kind of, you know, we touched on this in the first podcast is when you, you know, you, you've ran casinos, right? It's all mm -hmm. about experience it's all about bringing people back and retaining yeah. customers and just providing that experience even if you're coming in you're going to lose money you're going to yep. have a great time you know and that's something that i just sense that you trans you transport into you know the sky dances that regardless mm -hmm. of, of who you are you are going to come here we're going to have a great time you are going to learn about the beers because you know there's very few people who have tried all of them yep. you know and and you know you come out with new ones and everything's different and yep. you know the, i guess the the 
average craft beer drinker is generally enthusiastic about mm-hmm. beer, right? Yeah. And so, so they want to try stuff. And they want to, they want something new and yeah. different all the time, which has led to some, some other decisions we've made recently about how we operate. But like, um, the, the, the other thing too is I feel like in the brewing industry, really probably any industry, humans is in general, we, we tend to say, well, this is how it's done. This is how it's always been done. Right. And we just do it. And so if you go to a brewery, really anywhere in the country, it's not just an Oklahoma thing. If you go to most breweries, it's, you have to go up to the bar to order. Yeah. And it's, that's different than if you went to a restaurant or really even a lot of other bars. And what we try to do is we actually, when anytime it's possible, our staff goes out to the tables. Right. If you're sitting on the patio, we're, our, our staff is trained when they can to go out there and get an order. I mean, I was sitting out on the patio one night. We have a, we have a, a bartender, Pat, who's he's really good at this. And the table kind of behind us, I could hear them um, talking, talking about leaving. They looked at their watch and they were like, "Oh, you about ready or whatever." And then right at that time, Pat came out and said, "What's next, guys?" Yeah. And they said, "Well, we're gonna actually." Well, you know what? Uh, and then next thing you know, they they you know got them another beer. Yeah. And so afterwards, I went back and looked at their tab after they left, and they had had two beers, and then that was the third beer. And so he increased their tab by fifty percent. Yeah. And that made me think. If you did this on a regular basis and you could increase almost everybody's tab mm-hmm. by 30 to 50%, right. then that takes you from a $40,000 a month to a $60,000 yeah. a month. Mm-hmm. And so that's something we put a lot of focus on. And then when we have a patio, it's a, it's a ways out there. Um, and then when we have the upstairs mezzanine area, it's a, it's, it's a bit of a chore for yeah. a customer to come walk all the way back yeah. over to the bar to get a drink. And so a lot of times if they're going to make that walk, they're either going to just really just tab out or they're going to come up and get one more and yeah. then tab out, you know? And so I think we want to make things easier on people. We want to have a better experience by them not having to do that as often. Mm-hmm. When we do that, it keeps people from having to get in line. And so that keeps the line down, yeah. you know? And so that helps the experience better. Um, and all these little things add up to be a lot. It right. really adds up to be a lot. And in the end, I think it's really worked out. Like what we projected would be our average for a month throughout the year. Mm-hmm. After all the highs and the lows, on average, what we thought that would be is turning out to be what we're probably going to surpass this month, which is going to should be our worst month, like right. January. So Amazing. our low is going to be better than what Good. we thought our average was going to be going in. I think those little things have a lot to do yeah. with it. And and we've got to touch on obviously you you know you, you mentioned you're a Brace fan, but you're a huge OU fan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a very strange season for you. <laughs> yeah. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. But you know, you got you know, you got the host game day, right? Like have people over. You got yeah. a massive screen there. Yep. You know, you got mezzanine, you got people up or down, mm-hmm. which you can rent up top for a private party, right? Yep. And, and and you know, like what's it like sitting in there for the first yeah. OU game thinking, This is so, my building. Like people are here to yeah. watch OU, my team with me. Yeah. And you they're know, drinking the my beer. That's a whole nother thing too that goes back to the the way it's always been done. Well, most breweries will tell you they don't want TVs. Yeah. Um, any strategist in the craft beer industry that tells you how a brewery should be, they've all, t- you don't want, you don't want TVs in there. You want yeah. people experiencing the beer. Well, you know what? We're in Oklahoma. Right. And you know what people in Oklahoma, the one thing they love more than the Bible is, <laughs> is college, college football. football. Yes. And so um, we wanted to figure out a way to have uh, a, not, you know, 
I've seen breweries put up a TV and then on game day they're dead and they wonder why. It's like, well, it's because it's not a good ex- not a good experience for watching a game there. And so, how do we create a good game day experience without it feeling like Buffalo Wild Wings? You know, there's nothing against Buffalo Wild Wings, but I mean that's just not what we're trying to go yeah. for in the brewery. And so um, Bobby did a great job of this, this, that layout and the, the feel of it. I mean, we have, what do we have? We have one, two, three, four, five TVs, five TVs, six when we put one out on the patio. Yeah. And so, and it doesn't feel like, you know, a sports bar. And, um, and so, yeah, that was something I was never going to bend on because like, I'm a huge OU fan. Uh, when I would, before I had a brewery on a game day, I'd try to go somewhere to watch a game. And it was like, either you're going to go somewhere that's not, doesn't have a lot of craft beer or you're going to watch it at home. Because if I go to a brewery, I'm not gonna be able to watch a game. Not, not very well. I'd be on some little TV way off in the corner. And, um, and so I, that was something I was dead set on we were going to have. And yeah. so we opened the, the, the second weekend that we were open was OU Texas weekend, and the place was packed. Yeah. And we did a, a nice little promotion that Valona came up with to, uh, get, to give away a VIP experience upstairs in the mezzanine, which is a really nice spot. There's a big screen TV up there. There's soft seating, a couch. Uh, it feels like a cigar lounge yeah. up there, you know, so... Um, we were we actually I was sitting up there most of the night with the people that won that 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 giveaway and uh, I'll never forget the the girl that won her dad was sitting next to me me and him ended up becoming real good buddies because we were a lot alike I think we we both came up with a bunch of new cuss words that game <laughs> and we <laughs> and we were just going crazy and then when OU makes the big comeback right um, I remember him slapping me in the chest and he's like man your first OU Texas game in the brewery you couldn't have asked for a better one <laughs> so good. and right then I was like oh yeah this is awesome you know and so I remember my son was up there with me and he yells over the ledge of the mezzanine down to the tap room. He's boomer in the whole place sooner. And so uh, <laughs> I remember going, looking over that ledge at all these people. And I think it was Valona got a video of when we scored at the end to really to, to win. And there's like people high-fiving and screaming and dancing. And there's some guy with a dog running in a circle. <laughs> and the dog is like going, the dog was going crazy. Oh, and uh, I, I can just remember going, man, this is it. Dude. This is what I always yeah. wanted. I wanted, I always wanted to be able to have my own place, craft beer, my own brewery. And a whole bunch of my closest friends and family, which I call OU fans, yeah. that are there going crazy watching OU kick Texas's butt, you know. <laughs> and so that was like that was that was maybe one of those moments that I said I haven't yeah. gotten to really take time to experience. There was a moment that day where I was like, "Wow, man, this is wow, we we did it so good." I mean, yeah. and it, yeah, what, what game as well, right? It was it was a bit of a match. Oh, it was incredible. But, yeah, so cool to be you know back like, back to what you said. Like you're either going to be if you, before you at the brewery, you're either sat at home mm-hmm. on your own watching TV, yeah, um, or you're or you're drinking something you don't want to drink in a sports bar, right? Yep. Like it's just not the same experience. And it's great that you've created that experience. Yeah. Um, lastly, I want to touch on obviously you know you're continuously evolving with drinks and beers. And the last time we recorded, I we drank that strawberry. <laughs> I think you just released it. And yeah, it was like wow. Uh, was it the milkshake IPA or was it the no, strawberry? It was the blonde. strawberry blonde. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, yeah. like uh, this yeah. is this is dangerous because it yeah. doesn't taste like you know it's not. Yeah. 
it, it tastes like strawberries, right? It's not heavy yeah. or whatever. So it's kind of like I could drink five of these yeah. and then I pretend like I should probably, you know, I need mm -hmm. to try and get up and I can't. Uh, yeah. But what's, you know, what we got a beer in front of us. If yeah. People watching yeah. the video, they can see it. Um, yeah. So tell me about it. That's, this is, you know, we talked a little while ago, craft craft beer drinkers they like something new yeah you know and so we talked earlier too about how we're both hooked on like reading and podcasts right mm -hmm. and so i listen to a lot of podcasts about the craft beer industry and for years i've always felt like i was able to listen to enough of that content that i could kind of catch on to things that were happening in on the coasts yeah and that's how oklahoma has always been things happen on the coast and then they come here right and so when I was a home brewer, I was making these hazy IPAs that all my friends in the homebrew club were like, hey, man, there's something wrong with your beer. It's like real hazy. And I'm like, well, you'll like it in about a year, you know, and sure enough now that's like all the craze. And um, and so one of the things I started noticing while we were at the Brewers Union um, my, and a big mistake is we didn't do this while we were at the Brewers Union. Mm -hmm. But I started noticing like people, breweries were doing a, a great job in the, the ones that were really successful in the tap room were having like new beer releases. It started out like new beer release every month. Yeah. You know, they were like a new beer, new beer every month. And then shortly before we opened, it turned into every week. And one of the local people that you had on your podcast yeah. that does this a lot was Joel over at Stone Cloud. Yeah. And during the pandemic, I think one of the things that really helped them keep going was the fact they were still coming out with a new beer every week. Uh -huh. And so I knew that that's what we wanted to do. And it took us a couple months after we opened to kind of get caught up in production with our core lineup stuff. But now we're at this point now where we're uh, releasing a new beer every week um, really uh, we tried doing it for a couple months and missed a couple weeks and then but now we're we're doing it and last week we did chroma which was a triple ipa um, and it was the best reaction to a release that we've ever had yeah. since going back to the brewers union days anything so uh, i think we sold through 90 percent of it just on friday like we released it Jeez. on a friday and 90 percent of it was gone yeah. by the end of the day and then uh this is like in january when everybody's dead all the other everybody else is dead yeah and friday saturday friday first off the only Friday we ever had that was better than that one was the Friday right after we opened. Mm -hmm. um, so that was like our best Friday yet. Uh, Saturday was up there with some, one of our best yeah. Saturdays ever. And here it is January when we're supposed to be dead, Quiet, you know? Yeah. And so that really inst instilled in my mind that this is the thing. We have to do this, like mm -hmm. new beer every, every week, new beer every week. And then the other thing is like I'm an IPA guy. That's what I love. I love hops. I love hoppy beers. I love West Coast IPAs, hazy IPAs. And so if I love them, I know it'll come through in the final product. It'll come through in the social media stuff that I send Valona. It'll come through in the way I talk about it on our vlog or in videos I make. People will sense the passion. Yeah. Uh, when we're out selling beer, it'll come across. And I can, some people might say, oh, you're just another brewery that makes a bunch of IPAs, but I'm just trying to be the brewery that makes what I love. Right. And, and if I love it, I know I can get other people to love it. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're doing is a whole bunch of hoppy beers. Well, there's some stouts. We threw in some stouts. It's not all we do, but it's mostly of what we do. Yeah. Um, and then as big as Chroma was, our biggest series that we've done is this Juice Wolves. Uh -huh. And it's a fruited IPA series. I'm actually going to have some of it now. But yeah. it's, uh, 
It's a fruited IPA series. Juice Wolves is a name. Bobby actually came up with this because there's people in the craft beer world that love craft beer and they're always chasing the juiciest IPA, chasing after these beers. Yeah. And so they call them Juice Wolves. And so that's what we decided to do was call it Juice Wolves. And this is the third version of it. The first one was a pineapple milkshake IPA. Okay. Um, people, friends of mine said, don't make a milkshake IPA. They're, they're all bad. Nobody ever likes <laughs> they're them. They're all bad. Yeah. And I didn't like them either, actually. As much as I loved IPAs, I didn't like the milkshake IPAs. Yeah. And I felt like there was too much lactose, too much vanilla. Okay. And they don't do, use hardly any hops, really. There's not a lot of hop character in a milkshake IPA. And so I said, I'm going to do the opposite. Yeah. I'm going to cut back on lactose, cut back on the vanilla. It's still there. It's You'll still see, there. It's definitely it's still not overpowering. Yeah, that's what a milkshake yeah. IPA is. Yeah. But And then we dry hop it more than like anybody else would. Okay. And so uh, the first one was pineapple. Second one was a strawberry milkshake IPA. And now the one we're releasing tomorrow is this one. And it's an orange creamsicle okay. milkshake IPA. And this thing... It, my uh, assistant brewer, actually, while we were packaging earlier, he said, you know what this tastes like? He said, it tastes like uh, orange Starburst. Uh, and I was like, it sure does. That's terrific. exactly. And it kind of looks like an orange Starburst. It does, yeah. And so it's just uh, super hazy, thick. It's That's why they call it a milkshake yeah. IPA. It's uh, super, I don't know if you want to smell. I know you're not drinking, but you can... But uh, very, very orange. So sure. it's definitely the strawberry one. It tasted like uh, sherbet, mm-hmm. strawberry sherbet ice cream to me is what it tasted like. Yeah. And then this one definitely, I think he's, I think he hit hit the nail on the head with the starburst thing. Yeah. It t- that's what it tastes like. Um, uh, Grant, our sales guy, was he he thought it tastes like orange creamsicle exactly yeah. like that. And so um, this one. I think my projection is it'll sell more than the one we did last week, so we uh-huh. kept twice as much in the tap room. Yeah, um, we'll see how it goes. But uh, this has been a big series for us. It's been a big. People come in all the time when it when the last one ran out. They're in yeah. there all the time. When's when's the next juice? They want to they want hints like what's it going to be? What fruit is it going to be? Yeah. It's like a big topic of discussion all the That's time, awesome. which is cool. Yeah, because then it builds your brand. It builds, like I said, a series. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and by keeping it a series, then, you know, the good thing about doing, like, weekly releases, it's great for your market research. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. And then, you know, like, you know, you keep it back or you might keep it on yep. as a main item or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like, it, it serves too many purposes, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. It keeps things fresh. Um, part, like, literally, what we're in the midst of right now mm-hmm. for us is we have all of these weekly releases planned out through most of April mm-hmm. and all but like one of them are IPAs. And so by the time people get through March, yeah. I want people to say, if you want IPA in Oklahoma City, you got to go to Skydance. Yeah. And I think we're on our way to that. I don't like to say that, oh, we're the best at IPAs because there's a lot of good breweries. That, but I just, I don't care what the other ones are doing. What I care about is what Skydance is doing. And I want people, if they're in Oklahoma City and, and they ask somebody, where can I go get a good IPA? I want the first word out of their mouth to be Skydance. Yeah. And that's what I want us to be known for. But yeah, so like we also do a double dry hop version of Fancy Dance. And basically it's we make Fancy Dance. And then we put more hops in it, and that more is usually like a different hop, mm-hmm. something we haven't used before. So it's like, for me, it's like, what would Fancy Dance be like with this hop? 
And the very first one we ever did was maybe one of the most popular beers we ever made. And it was, uh, it was with a hop called Brew One. And I loved it so much that now recently we got where we couldn't find one of the hops that we use in Fancy Dance. And so I said, we'll replace it with Brew One. And so that whole process of creating that one-off beer taught me something that introduced me to a new hop, a new ingredient. And so now we use that in, in our best-selling beer. And that, that experimentation is what you know, yeah. leads to, to me being able to turn our best beer into a better beer. It, just constantly evolving and that's the mm. beauty of it and it? it's it's you know you, you're mixing flavors and, and, and ingredients and everything mm-hmm. and, and you know there's there's no limits to the stuff that you could come yeah. up with you know it, it, and obviously you know you, you're going to fail on some that's natural right yeah. like we don't get to where we want to go and without failing yeah um, that's the beauty of it but there's plenty of there and you know there's a taste for every person that comes yeah. in it's yep. just you know the good thing is that you've trained your staff to figure out to ask mm-hmm. the right questions to figure out exactly what that taste is yep. and then we've got something for you we've learned a lot since we opened mm-hmm. and we learned a lot while we were at the brewers union yeah um, we made a lot of mistakes at the brewers union um, one of the biggest things was at the brewers union we had a contract that said we had to brew two batches a month mm-hmm. and if you're going to brew two batches a month, you better come out with a lot of different beers. Um, and so we ended up now what we have now is six core beers mm-hmm. and, uh, that's, that might change. Like we may drop, we may cut that in half. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been talking about that a lot lately. So with the, over the, this summer, there's probably going to be some experimentation of seeing what sells and what doesn't and yeah. cut it down to maybe three and then do more of just the one-off stuff. Yeah. And um, one of the other things that we really learned, too, was packaging. Um, you know, in the future, our core lineup, who knows, there might be some changes to the packaging. But also, uh, like, when we did that DDH series, mm-hmm. the, the can looked the same every, every version. The only thing that was different was down at the bottom, the little word that was the new hop. Ah, okay. And so people would go into a liquor store and they'd see the third one and they'd be like, oh, I've had that before. And it's like, no, you haven't. That was the, you had the first one, but they don't know. The gotcha. can looks the same. And so slowly it wasn't selling as much. Whereas in the tap room or in the, in the people that follow us, it was getting bigger and bigger for them because they're like, gotcha. oh man, this is great. They, yeah, they look forward yeah, yeah. to it. But that's not what sells the big you know, volumes volume, of beer. Yeah. And so now with the new one that we're about to do, it's, it's totally, each one will look totally different, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so those little, you learn little things, you know, there's a lot yeah. of stuff that I wish we'd have done a little bit different, but you know, you might as well just change it now and just do it. Well, and the good thing is like it, it you know, by figuring it out early on, it's not, you know, if you, it's not an expense. I mean, it might be an expensive mistake, but it's not as expensive yeah. as it could be if it was two years yeah. down the line or you, yeah. whatever it is, right? Like it's, yeah. you're figuring it out as you're growing, yeah. um, you know, building a brand and, and, and yeah. no noticing that, hey, this is killing it in the tap room, but yeah. why isn't it selling out? Yeah. You know, I mean, for us, like with the core beers, it's like you come out with six core lineup yeah. beers right off the bat and you don't have an opportunity to build one at a time. Mm-hmm. And the real way to do it would have been you come out with one beer and you build it and let it, if you're going to play in this distribution game that we play in instead of being taproom only, but you've got to come out with them more slowly and let them get some feet under themselves before you come out with the next one. And what we've done now is we're kind of at this point where some of our beers cannibalize the other beers, you know, and uh, so we're, we're slowly coming up with ways to make some adjustments there. Well, mate, it's been a pleasure to catch up. Um, You know, like I said, it's been, well, since 
August of 2020. It's because yeah. a lot has changed. Yeah. A lot has changed in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but it's great to finally see the space, to be in there, you know, yeah. to have a beer and see the sea up top. And I love the glass in there. You can see everything. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, I can't imagine. I'm going to have to watch that video of how it was on game <laughs> yeah. day because that's just awesome to see that. That little uh, upstairs is a great spot too, man, for yeah. like a party or we do a lot of private events up there. Mm-hmm. So like people are contacting us nonstop about booking something up there and, yeah. and we've made it right now. We're just trying to book it as much as we can. So mm-hmm. we've made it super affordable for people. It's really easy to, yeah. to rent it out. And so, um, that upstairs is really kind of the gem of the whole place. And, and I'll, I will say this as a brewer, I love it when people come in and say their impression of the place is like, Oh man, the beer is great. Yeah. So what I'm about to say kind of hurts my feelings sometimes, but one of the biggest thing people say is how awesome the tap room is. Yeah. Like I see people come in before they even order a beer. Like today I was in there canning and I looked through the window. I see some people come in you can tell they were there for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I saw the, the girl just looking up and her mouth's open you know, and she's just like, wow, you know, she's looking around. And, uh, so to hear people say, wow, what an amazing space. That's like, cause that's, that was kind of unexpected. Like we were aiming for it. I knew the beer would be good, but we were hoping the tap room was going to be cool. And it turned out to be pretty bad that's awesome and Bobby's a great job too oh yeah she did that's all her man if it was me it would look like my dorm room at OU (laughs) just give me a shed it's fine there'd be OU banners and football (laughs) stuff everywhere yeah so she did a great job and you gotta give it up to DG Smalley my boy that did the artwork Uh so there's a big old piece of artwork that he did it's a fancy dancer kind of like named after our our number one beer and that's the centerpiece of the tap room and so and there's a lot more stuff we're working on right now with some native Art. I've got a cousin that's going to have some rotating pieces in Great. there. So it's cool. Yeah. For people listening, where can they find you? What's your social medias, website, all that good stuff? Yeah, just at the at Skydance Brewing on all the social medias. You know, skydancebrewing.com is the website. Um, but we do, obviously, we have really good social media. <laughs> <laughs> so that's usually, that's the place. If you want to find out about these weekly releases, yeah. like you've got to be following us on social media. Like when people uh, the week after get on there and they say, oh, I got to go try this beer and they come in and it's gone. It's gone. I mean, yeah. you got to follow us on social media. If you want to know, you want to get it before it's gone, you're going to have to follow us on social media. So that's definitely, and on social media is a good place to follow you because you're always wearing that Skydance shirt. I got that t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's a little tight on me at the moment, so I will be wearing it a lot more after my 75, 75 days. 75 days from now. So look, fit I loose. just need to get another one. That's what it is. Uh, but, mate, thanks for taking the time out. Uh, proud of you for getting this thing going and keeping it going. And I know it was a dream, uh, you know, like we talked about. But I appreciate um, that. It's man. awesome to see it and keep going. And, like I said, you know, see people in the brewery or bringing food over or having whatever it is, like drinking beer. It's, yeah. it's really cool to, you know, that's one of the best things about this podcast is, you know, 2020 August we spoke about this dream of yours mm-hmm. you know and here we are now like it you know you've gone through pretty much you know like the first kind of holiday yeah. season of it and it's been open and you've had these experiences and it's only going to yeah. get better so I, it's awesome to see I appreciate you taking the time I will try this new beer in 75 yeah. days and I'll come <laughs> in and try some more um, for people listening I'll post the links to the social media the website mm-hmm. um and yeah, we'll catch you next episode. Come to the brewery, take a drink. It's in, uh, what's the address before we, we haven't oh, said that So yet. we're at 1 Northeast 7th Street. All right. So we're in right Automobile Alley. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Automobile Alley, just east of Broadway, right across the street from the parlor. We're, we're in between the parlor and Prairie. Perfect. So that's what people kind of recognize. Awesome. So. All right, guys, I'll put the links in the description and I will put the address and we will see you next episode. Cheers. Cheers.
This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.